1: this river bloke
0: called knuckles some calling the big knuck spinning stories tall and true that'll make you say holy fuck the cities to the outback on the highway or the farm crack a cold one with knuckles and tell us proper true yarn g'day and welcome to the proper true yarn podcast the uh show at which we extract the wildest and best and funniest yarns from um a few uh, critters around the world and uh tonight in the studio here on the Gale Coast. Beautiful background, a little bit different to uh, the uh, downtown um, Nambour last week when we nearly got <coughs> hijacked and robbed. we got got uh, Tommy Linwood here come in and uh, mate, how are ya?
1: I'm bloody good, nice to meet you.
0: You too brother, 100%. And uh good mate of our uh, main disc jockey in the background here, Zachy. He uh, he tells you he's got a few proper true yarns for us. So... Uh, Tell us the proper true yarn, Tommy.
1: Oh, shit, righto. Where to begin? So, um, 29, grew up on the central coast of New South Wales, coastal town, Forrester's Beach. Did my carpentry apprenticeship, buggered off into the mines for a bit, building mining camps, moved up to Byron Bay and became a degenerate there <laughs> and um, found myself uh, going overseas to work on super yachts. Yeah, right. Carpentry and water sports and, you know, guest interaction and all that sort of carry on. That landed me in Barcelona. So I was in Barca for a couple of months in the winter just experiencing that, working on the boat, going out every night. What size boat was he mate? Just a little uh, tinny or what have we got? 55 metres, that one. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so standing crew of 15. Yep, and your main time. job? My main job at the time was just because I'm a carpenter, joiner. I was just doing all of the joinery and carpentry that was outside of scope for the contractors because they were charging like 150 euros an hour for anything, any variation. Yep. So they um, scooted me in there and paid me nothing. So that was a good experience. But um, now from there, that boat ended up getting sold just after the refit and uh, we went and took it into the Middle East. Yeah, Right. Yeah, What's the wildest thing that ever happened to you, mate, in the Middle East? I, oh. I've never
0: been there for good reasons because I would be shot.
1: Yeah, well, I probably should have been. Um, no, nah, fuck. The whole thing was just a huge culture shock. Like, sail this boat through the um, Suez Canal. That's the canal you'll all remember where that that <laughs> ship fucking nosedived into That the wasn't sand. your boat, was that? No, no, But But um, in through there saw all sorts of things. We were in and out. I left just after Ramadan, which is the, you know, biggest religious festival of the year for them. And uh, that was a wild experience going through the airport with just thousands and thousands of people moving out of a place into, you know, back to their home countries. And it's just a totally different experience to what we're used to. Like you have like a normal decorum going through somewhere. It was just like cram-packed. No one give a fuck about anybody else. It was just like climbing over everyone just to get to the plane. So, um, yeah, that was a pretty gnarly experience. I had to uh, keep my hands down at all times. Yeah. There's some pretty strange laws that exist for foreigners, which you have to really abide by. Otherwise, you can get heavily persecuted, like, really quickly. So what sort of laws do you mean, mate? Like, fill us in a bit. If you're not a Muslim um, and you do something wrong, you can be quite quickly labelled as a terrorist and you'd be locked up for life or, or handled under their, you know, legal system, which is far different to ours. So we did a whole bunch of cultural training to ensure that, you know, we sort of stayed out of trouble. But, yeah, it wasn't a great place to work because I was leaving all the time and having to go through these, these points and, yeah, this, this one shift or one swing, because was, I was doing swings out there two months on, month off. Doing, yeah, right. I came back to Byron and went to Splendour, got stuck in. Had a go. Had a proper go, as <laughs> we'll, we do. We'll talk about like we'll talk proper that proper go. true yarn when you get after this one. Right. and then had to go back to the boat. Flew out of Brisbane on the Monday after Splendour and I was wrecked. I was properly, properly wrecked. And the people at Brisbane Airport wouldn't let me on the plane, because I didn't have all the appropriate visas and all that sort of stuff, but I didn't need them with what work I was doing. I had another in and they didn't really understand the process. Anyway, they finally let me on the plane and I got through and, and, and went to where I was heading, only to be told by my, like, officers that if I was blood tested and they saw anything in my system, they would then call me a drug trafficker and I would have been executed. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. <laughs> or oh, because you were date raped. Yes, yes that's, that's right. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely no memory of it. Yep. But um, I'm sure there was something in there that was not not meant to be. And that, is, yeah. that is a fucked up law. Yeah. How would you even know? Well, yeah, I, I should have. Yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> like realistically. <laughs> Very yeah. different. Very different. So that was a wild experience. Lots of. Strange events with security guards that didn't speak your language, high powered rifles involved, sometimes pointed at ya. So I got out of there after, I don't know, seven months. How many
0: times have you had a gun <laughs> pull you in seven months, mate? Like, just, or you felt edgy that they could probably oh,
1: fucking bro. light you up on the spot. When we were guest on, for me, it was pretty much every night. You're right. Yep. Yep. On, ed- on edge the whole time it was only in specific moments of my work and what I was what I had to do where what's the best way to say it without being too specific yeah there's obviously moments where you're you're handing over yeah and in those moments the security have to seem like they're on it and they're doing their job and you know they got to paint the picture you know yeah right. that, you know, yeah i'm important i'm doing it I, I see him every day but i'm still going to yell at him and point <laughs> a gun at him you know it's like, bro, like, fuck, you did this yesterday. I'm the same bloke. There's, just, there's no one else in the boat. It's just me. Yeah, wow. So, um, yeah, but it never got, never got, like, crazy. I'm in boardies and a fucking T-shirt, no shoes, driving a tender, and there's some bloke in a military vest and a <clears throat> military assault rifle. Yeah, not fun. Did they? Uh, what was the whole point that they had them guns? Like, was
0: it no pirates? It was just security. Yeah, yeah, for pirates and that. Or? No, no, just no. just higher value people. People. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Constant so, security. Yeah,
1: like, like so, like obviously, like billionaires and different people, <clears throat> like, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Holy yeah. Christ. Yeah. So I saw some interesting things. None of the area was mapped properly. It's only uh, all the topography or the oceanography of the reefs and everything was lead lined in like the eighteen hundreds. And yep. that's all that exists on paper paper charts. So none of the GPS or anything would show any big bombies or reefs. And so every night there was other tenders and other tender drivers running aground and it was it was mayhem.
0: Yeah right.
1: Yeah so one of my jobs was to during the day drive and pick paths through all the coral bombies and plot them in the navigator. And so then at night time when we're doing drop offs, provisioning runs or whatever it was, you could just stick to that generated road in the GPS. So you're literally driving these half a million dollar tenders just by looking at a screen, staying within the lines. Otherwise you might hit a bomb. Yeah, wow. All yeah. for the big boat. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah right. So what,
1: what would the big boat have been worth? Depends which big boat. Yeah. There was right. um the the people I was working for had a fleet. So <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think we, we calculated that it was um, when the fleet was underway. I think it was like 4 million US an hour in burning costs, like fuel costs and running costs. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so they weren't $4 million boats, they're 4 million per hour running cost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Gnarly, gnarly stuff. Holy shit.
1: Gnarly stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, any big <clears throat> fuck ups, like no one. <laughs> yeah, no, there was. There was huge <laughs> fuck ups all the time, all the time. Because the whole area was unknown. Yeah. Like there'd be mornings where we'd be underway at night and um, the captain would anchor the boat and that'd be that. And then the sun had come up and the, the boat I was on, which isn't the big boat, like the big boat in the fleet was probably, well, I don't know. It's not probably it. He bought it for 500 mil euros.
0: Yeah right. Yeah,
1: on the spot. And like so in, that was the big the, boat. Yeah, fucking so, hell. Yeah. I think the boat I was on he bought for um, I think it was like 50 60 mil. So not that one wasn't huge money. Yeah. Compared, yeah. you know. Yeah, just a dinghy. <coughs> yeah, literally, literally compared just to the a big dinghy. girl. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. He um, didn't even ever step foot. I mean, the big dogs never stepped foot on the high end the super yacht that I was on. Yeah. They were um, guests of the big dogs.
0: Yeah, right. Right. That's fucking phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so there was all sorts of events that had happened where, um, you know, I remember this one morning we've, we're underway, we've gone from one, one spot to the next and um, first light, there's like fuck, there's a big bombing under the boat like we've anchored and there's a big reef. So knock on the door, Tom, get in the piss, check how much like clearance we've got. So that's, you know, five o'clock in the morning, straight in the water, hold the breath, down you go, check out the clearance, back up top, oh, yeah, about six metres. It's so, like, all right, let's move. So, you know, so there's all that sort of stuff going on. What, is, there any, uh, is there any sharks or any
0: like well, it, it was in the, sh-
1: in the Red Sea, so it's like a fucking aquarium, like 40 metres. You can see the bottom yeah, from, from 40 metres. You can see the bottom from the surface. Surrounded by nomadic peoples that have never really fished it heavily. So it's incredible. It's like the grab reef on steroids. Yeah. Just insane. Like we were at sea, ran out of fishing gear because it couldn't hold anything. Um, we didn't have like proper proper setup for that area because the boat came from the Mediterranean. But I was carving lures out of blocks of timber, just poppers and stuff, through wires, the whole lot, no colours, nothing, no finishes, just timber and every cast, just different, different things, yeah. Oh. Trevally, fucking Spanish mackerel, just getting snipped left, right and centre constantly. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was awesome. But um, high-stress environment, high-stress environment. So when you were doing them sort of dives, Dan, did you ever think, oh fuck, that's a big shark or fuck, that's a big something that you're like, oh, got hawkey on? No, nah, I never saw big tigers or anything. Like, it was mainly different whalers and stuff like that because it was all reefs. And yep. I, was, I didn't do much spearfishing or anything while I was there. Went a couple of times, but it was mainly just guest activity, just constant, constant, constant. And then um, there wasn't much downtime to do stuff like that and, and none of them go in the water except for on a jet ski, you know. Yeah. So, um, no, I never saw any big sharks, but they, were, they would have been there. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I do a lot of spearing and diving here, so it's, um, it's sort of in my comfort zone. Yeah, over there you'd be like, well, chef, give us a fork. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <I> <laughs> know, that's what yeah, launches,
0: we're on. <laughs> yeah. What, um, who would, uh, without probably giving too much weight, who would have been any like
1: celebrity guests on <clears throat> there that you ever seen or? Um, not out there. That was just a completely different realm, yeah. you know. That, that realm didn't exist in the celebrities that we know or understand. Like Never it's on. beyond that. Fucking hell. Fucking way beyond that. But I, I got out of there and, and jumped on another boat. Who, yeah, that that was full of celebrities. That one, that yeah. was a, a boat in the Caribbean and the Mediterranean.
0: Yeah, right. You can't. No, no proper true yarns of any weirdos there. Or, oh fuck. With it,
1: without ended up. Or no, to, I, got to, I got one. Here I got go. one. I like got one. I got one. This one, everyone, I I can say, I can say this. I think there's um there's a family that everyone knows about. A lot of plastic surgery in this family. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're all big buxom women and they were on board and I took them all snorkelling and as you do, you know, into it. And we used to film everything, right, and at the end of the trips we'd make these beautiful videos of like remember your time with us, you know, give us a tip. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so I'm in the water and I'm filming everything and they're all floating around having a beautiful time. This is in the Caribbean. Literally floating with every, every, bit of, every bit of plastic in it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Couldn't get underwater. <laughs> anyway, an implant inverted. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, an implant inverted in the water. <coughs> yeah. Were a you rear, the first? A rear end implant? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it went from big and round to big and flat. <laughs> <laughs> i have never seen anything like it.
0: <laughs> so were you uh, first on scene to notify or, or, was, or to try to reinvent? I you know, wasn't yeah. A, as the carpenter, was it was it your was job? Re- in it with re- a chisel, yeah, re-rebuilder? <laughs> re- no,
1: no, it wasn't. I was um quickly fetched the uh the boyfriend. Yeah, right. And uh he sort of sorted it all out, but that that GoPro was destroyed. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can fucking imagine that footage will never see the light
0: of uh, day ever. Yeah,
1: but gosh, it was um yeah, that was an interesting one. But there was there's all sorts of stuff like that, like just weird things that yep. are just constantly happening, you know. And it's like you're existing in this like crazy duality where you're essentially a modern-day servant for these people. Like your wage, they don't even consider it. Yeah. Like not even for a second they consider it that you're on that boat making money, like, and the money that you're making, you know, even back here for a tradie, it's not bad for a young tradie. It's good, you know, but for them, it's like, like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Give me a Coke. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So bizarre, you know, because you're living on the boat, you get like that sense of um, not ownership, but like belonging to the boat. Like you look after it, you do everything, you know, from top to bottom, you know, it's so intimately and then the owners or the guests, they just come on and leave, you know. It's like this transient kind of come and hang out.
0: What sort of uh, time frames would <coughs> then people be
1: on those boats for, mate? So, like, would, would they be through a week, a day, a month? Yeah, so like, guest trips were, like, a, were a month. A month, yeah, right. Generally. Okay. Um, they were definitely a month in the Med and then, yeah, maybe two weeks or three weeks in the Caribbean. The, the boat was, like, 75,000 US a day to, it, to hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crew and all, or that's, yeah, that's, that's all inclusive? No, it didn't include alcohol or fuel. Okay. So, like, you know, one bottle, <laughs> one bottle of whiskey, <laughs> up you go, you know? Yeah. Um, and that happened all the time. Like, hugely expensive bottles of things were just open to taste. Yeah. And then that's it. They bought it and they'd leave it there.
0: I remember when we were in Shenzhen once, mate, and um, we got invited to this, this oh, it's this a weird bar. Anyway, there's all these massive like Hennessy bottles and all these beautiful whiskies sitting on these tables, just cracked, yeah. and um, and you got all these young like, Chinese kids that are taking photos with it, and the then they just get yeah, then mm. they just get up and fuck off, mm. you know. And I'm like, this is a ten thousand dollar bottle of whiskey, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, and you're just doing it to get a photo, yeah. you know, fucking send raver. Yeah, Russell. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll take at least a oh. swig, you know. Like, it was phenomenal when you put into that super wealth of circles that they just do it's not give a fuck. There's know?
1: no, that doesn't matter. Like yeah. money, I guess the thing that I was able to understand as well, like when you're around these people, a lot, of, a lot of the guests that would come on board, they had billions of dollars. And I would say that generally their happiness and fulfilment and joy levels were far lower than your average person because they didn't have anything to look forward to. Yeah. It was just everything was achievable, everything was in reach and so then everything became a little bit dull. I guess no one to tell them no either. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it was definitely an interesting time, you know, mixing in that realm and, and just seeing the disassociation as well with, with reality. Like I'd have, I'd have guests come down and I'd be on the, um, on the swim platform at the back of the boat. That's where I was, like, stationed quite often, you know. So anyone in and out of the water, I knew about it. If they wanted to go on a jet ski, want to go diving, just anything. That was my role. I was like the intermediate between the guests and the crew. If they wanted to go out drinking, I'd take them. If they wanted to go out to a restaurant, I'd go with them, you know. It was like that kind of mix. And um, I had this woman come down and there was – we were anchored stern to a rock cliff. And so we were having backwash coming off the – like swell, hitting the rock cliff – rebounding and coming back towards the boat, cavitating under the boat and creating a little bit of sea foam. And this sea foam, because there's current coming through, would just trail off, just really lightly, like a little snail trail of sea foam on the, on the top of the water. And this woman comes down and she's like American. Uh hey, hey Tom. I'm like, yeah. Um is the laundry leaking? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I doubt it. Um, why, why? Well, you, you know, it looks like there's some detergent in the water over there. Well, um, everything is stored internally um, until we get a certain distance offshore and then it gets flushed out. But all the deter- detergents we use are, you know, biodegradable, all plant-based, like it's not a problem is. Oh, that's so good. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to think we were polluting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> Meanwhile, two like massive diesel generators just churning every day, penthouse, private jet, fucking the whole lot. And I was just like, no, we're not. It's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, wow. So that's what I'm talking about. Just no idea. The like, basis of reality is just so out the window. With the common man and that common just normality. Well, just even the thought process. It's like we're obviously above that, you yeah. know, so we don't even consider it. Yeah. No, just
0: wild. <laughs> Some of the shit. What's, what uh you also had like guest interaction in nightclubs and that over there. Yeah. What would have been, I guess, the loosest nightclub
1: you went in? No, I'm not saying with who, but... No, no, right. like... yeah, the sons of the wealthy were the ones, you know, because generally they were a bit their ego like rested on the achievements of their fathers. Yeah. So a lot of them hadn't really done much, but they thought a lot of themselves, right? And so me and the guys that worked on these boats, we worked in the sun every single day and like we were working really hard all the time and we were fed so well. Like I was 10 kilos heavier when I was on the yachts. Yeah, right. Just because it was like... Constant cardio, constant um, lifting, and then eating like six big meals a day. Anyway, we used to go to different ports all the time and create um, relationships with bar managers and nightclub owners and the security and all that sort of stuff so we could have like, you know, the seamless experience for our guests. We were in this one island in the Caribbean and um, the sons and friends wanted to go out. Daddy's card, you know, off we go. Righto, boys, Let's. Uh, we'll go to this certain nightclub in a certain island. I'm, um, you know, ushering them all along. They've heard about this nightclub and I was like, oh, you know, I'll go talk to them, I'll get us a table because it's always facilitating. Like it's everything that we were doing was to make their lives just like a breeze. Yeah. And I was told, nah, nah, don't worry, brother, like I'll sort it out. It doesn't get let in. Shit shoes, too many tats, you're not coming in. That's the bouncer. I was like, oh, fuck. Comes back and he's cranky, you know. I was like, don't worry, look, I'll go sort it, I'll go sort it. I went and had a chat, made the piece uh, with the bouncer and said, look, I appreciate what you're doing, you're doing your job, but um, I think your manager and your boss would really, you know, appreciate letting this crew in because they're here to spend money. Like, Not, that's the, all there is to it. Like, the, the AMX boys, yeah, the place, brass.: That's right, and it doesn't have any numbers on it. Like, <laughs> you know. Let's go. Anyway, so the manager comes out and he's like, look, we've only got one table left. And um, what happens in these places, they won't book a table if no one will pay the price they set for it because it has to maintain its ex- exclusivity, right? 80,000 euros for this table. What's that come with? (laughs) It comes with a table in the centre of the club, bottles of champagne, all the rest of it, right? And so go and tell them this is our only option. The son says, we'll take it as long as that fucking security guard serves us drinks all night. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what happened.
0: And I dare say a lot more. A lot more happened than that inside, yeah, yeah, but
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, use your imagination. Oh, it was all there. You don't have to. Oh, <laughs> Christ. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Fuck. And then I'd have to come back to the yacht, bring them all back, and obviously I'm drinking as well. Like, you can't not. It's just you try your best not to get shit-faced, but you can't not. Like, yeah. it is what it is, you know. Everyone asks you, like, oh, don't go out and get shit-faced with them, you know, that you've got to look after them, blah, blah, blah. It's so like, I can look after him and still get shit-faced, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to get super <laughs> shit-faced, right? Yeah. But you've got to go straight back to work. Like I start at 3.30, go to bed at midnight, have a rest for lunch, that's it, there's no one else to take my job. Yeah. So bang, she just rolls over. Back into her again. Back into it. So I just lived off fucking heaps of food, heaps of coffee. Just into her. Stress response. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> How many nights a week would you have to go out or be expected, you think, on average?
1: Oh, it wasn't that much. It yeah. wasn't really because um, a lot of the guests wouldn't go out. You know, they're spending the money to be on the boat so they get looked after on the boat. It was only when the young ones came on they would yeah. want to go out but they wouldn't back it up. No. No, because the daddy's cranky. Yeah, just, then, <laughs> you know, so they got to get over that bit. You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking spent 200 grand last night, you dickhead. Look. Like, oh. Oh, sorry, sorry, Dad. Oh, up? Oh. And then two days later, can I have the card? <laughs> She's back on again. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was, yeah, it was bits and pieces, but that was probably the funniest one just in terms of like just just <laughs> stupid shit that was all mixed with money. Just a big fuck you, it damn not This You should have seen this fucking security guard too, it was livid. <laughs> and there's not many jobs on the island, you know, so it's like, okay, I, I better do it. Yeah. it was pretty funny. You're not a bad looking rooster. You know, Aussie, you
0: know, being around a bit at that time, getting uh, hit up by any sort of celebrity. I'm not asking names. I'm just saying you. they sort of. I got get, sniffed a lot. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. In what part of the body? Um, Wherever they could get. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. There was things going on. I tried to restrain from any of that sort of action. Well it's your job too. You gotta yeah. to sort of yes yeah. separation
0: without well, Yeah. Youth,
1: and like. a lot of the times, you know, it wasn't I wasn't around anyone that I was really that keen on either. Yeah. So F- Who wants know. a Sheila with an inverted ass? Well, I fucking know. Look <laughs> <laughs> <Like, laughs> Oh you know. I do have one funny story about the sniffing. Oh no, okay. Yeah. Tell us a proper true tell me. Fuck. They're they're short, but they're funny, I guess, but Used to do Parmesan pasta, real simple, big fucking wheel of Parmesan, proper one, bowled out, fresh pasta, olive oil, mix it up in the Parmesan bowl, lemon, that's it. And it's like when it's done right, it's awesome. That's like old school Italians, they
0: say they do it too, still over there or not, I've never well, been in Italy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a luxurious way to do it right because a big wheel of Parmesan, 40 kilo wheel of Parmesan is worth a lot of money, <laughs> right? So they, it's not done like that normally, it's done like that as like I can do it like this and it, it, it is, it's awesome. Yep. So you go to a restaurant, they will do it and, you know, they may serve it, take the bowl, the Parmesan bowl back for the next one. But it's three stories from where the Parmesan wheel is kept the galley, which is the kitchen and where they eat. So I'd have to go and get the palms and wheel and palms and it's oily. It's a big <laughs> wheel of fucking cheese. And so I'd uh, go and get this thing, bring it up to the galley. They'd do their stuff, but I'd serve it. Cause you got to be able to hold it in one arm and then use the tongs. And so, you know, there's like 12 people sitting around the table and they were all fuck eyed <laughs> and there's me and they're filming me. They're fucking pinching me. They're doing all the things and I'm there with this fucking massive, sweaty, oily wheel of 40 kilos of Parmesan because it's cold, right? It's cold because it's in the fridge and you take it out of the fridge and now you're in the humidity of, you know, wherever you are and it starts sweating. (laughs) And so, so I've got this massive wheel, I'm like, and I'm, I'm sweating too because the fuck is heavy. Yep. And I'm serving everyone. They're filming and laughing and catcalling and all that shit, doing things to me that, it, you know, it'd be a fucking jail sentence for a, blo- for a bloke to do to a woman, but it won't go there. Anyway, so finally finish it all up, put the wheel on the, on the serving tray that's all beautiful and I'm sort of getting out of there. Cause it was pretty full on. And the, the main guest was like, American, Tom, Tom. And I'm walking away and I'm like, fuck. Turn around, I'm like, yes, such and such. And he goes, oh, I, just, I just wanted to let you know, uh, really appreciate everything you do for us. And I was like, oh, thank you. That, you know That means a lot. And he's like, I really want to shake your hand. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty cheesy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Literally. It's like fucking dripping with parmesan oil, like cheesy as. And he goes, no, I don't mind. I'm like, "Right, righto. R- r- can't argue with that. Sweet ass brass. No drama. <laughs> Here we go. Bang. Proper Aussie handshake. Almost shook him off the table kind of thing. And his wife takes the opportunity to fucking grab my wrist, sniff from my finger to my elbow. And then look at me going, oh, that is cheesy. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> Have a lovely dinner, everyone.
0: Yeah, wow. See ya. Yeah, right.
1: So, um, yeah, major X. So from then on, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm the cheese boy. I'm the cheese boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, <laughs> not just on
0: my arm. Yeah, Jesus. show me the cheddar. Just remember, guys, call out. It's my shout.